This is one of the reasons why I like it when Leo oh, does it. Wait one second. Do you want me to drop that? Drop what? Oh, the icon. Oh, no. Icon's okay. fine. Right. Icon's fine. What, what we're looking at, folks, is the cover uh, to What If Wolverine Was an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So yes, Brandon, what Brandon if... will introduce everything and we'll edit all this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry. Don't worry about that. You know, blah blah blah. What if volume two, number seven? Wait, Leo's editing. No, it's all staying in. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We'll you guys we'll get have... to hear how the sausage we'll, was made. <laughs> we'll we'll remind Leo that this is a show and <laughs> <laughs> The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with... My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of dirty goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Um, it's, it's been a while since I've really delved into anything Hellboy, but I mean, um, you know, Mike Mignola, the, the stuff that he's been involved in, it's always, it's always, uh, pleasant and, and pleasurable to, to check out. The, I'll the dive in good. at some point. Yeah. I just, I'll, I'll, I just wanted to say that the art's good. You got Zach Howard or you got Craig Rousseau and I mean, their stuff is spot on gorgeous and it's all in that sort of negative space using darkness style that, that Mignola does. So, yeah. you know. And he might well, do it over here or there, but otherwise he's not really doing artwork. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I haven't I haven't been gravitating towards a lot of the the big two stuff uh, for for a while now. Um, I get you. Know, you. I, I like I said, I went through. Uh, I I do everything digital because I just don't have the physical space uh, for anything anymore. And I went through. I had like. I don't know. I probably like 17 active subscriptions and I just went through and I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I just don't care. I don't care about any of this. Like if it worst comes to worst for me, I'll, I'll buy the collected volume, you know, at, at some point later on. 
And so I'm just like, cancel, 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 cancel. That's, that's how I prefer to read Saga, like in clips of like, okay, here's like five to ten books, however many they put in those uh, little trade paperbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the volumes. I just finished ten, and I think like eleven is due out, and I've got it on pre-order. Because I love sitting down and just reading through that, and I can't do just one. And I figured that out around issue 50 when I got issue 50, and I'm like, now what? You know, I just, I get too yeah. excited. It's it's just such the best book, and I'm like, I need to digest this differently. I've I I read the first like couple when it restarted, and um, since that point, I've just been stockpiling them. Uh, it's not quite the same as like a digital doom pile at this point because I am very well aware of the fact that they are there. Uh, I just want to give myself enough space that I can read a whole slew of them. You know. Why not? I mean, it's that's a, a beautiful way to do it. You know, I, yeah. I didn't even think of that, but it's like it was it was a circumstance where it's I have all the graphic novels like physically, so it it just yeah. made sense and you know. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, know. I just I just don't I I just don't have a lot of the. I think the last physical book I bought, um, and, and that's not to say like it's new per se, but I think the, the last physical book I bought, not counting. The Fantastic Four Masterworks that I bought for Fearless Leoder um, is uh, Superman, Batman, Superman Generations. Oh yeah, okay. The the omnibus because why would I not? Um, I I bought a bunch that were five bucks. I think I showed you guys on yeah, uh, the last yeah. one that Batman Adventures for five bucks. I'm like, what? That was great. And yeah. Gen 13, I, I I wish there was a venue that we had to cover Gen 13, you know, because that is just yeah. such a fun book. <laughs> I know. We, we could we could probably touch upon it in here at some point, you know, kind of kind of view it through the lens of like New 52 and its involvement into the DC universe, because, you know, it did kind of give a, be, it was given sort of a parallax view slash background, like jamming into everything with continuity. I, I do um, read Wildcats now, which is mainly about like Zealot and Grifter and uh, Fairchild's in it. And Fairchild mm. is kind of like an eight-year-old or nine-year-old girl that, for some reason, I don't know when she eats or something like that, she can turn into like what Fairchild looked like, you know, oh. like the eighteen-year-old powerhouse and all that. Who beat Pit, by the way? So any image fans out there that go back and you see when they did that big crossover, she beat the crap out of Pit. So do not sleep on Fairchild, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I honestly, I am so not versed on like Gen thirteen and stuff. So that that would be that would be interesting for me at any rate. Like even to just like I think I'm 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 at a point now where I'm I'm more interested in going back and checking out things that I may have missed. Yeah, back that, in the, that's kind in of the, the point of the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, part of it too is you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now, and um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with uh, a whole lot of moolah, not not a lot of cashito or dollarinis flowing through these pockets. Jerkets, uh, so, if you were. Yes, indeed. Not a lot <laughs> of, not a lot of uh, guilders and such, um, but. The the thing is, uh, when it came time for me to be able to like buy comics when I wanted to buy stuff, uh, I really had to like be very selective. I you know I didn't have I didn't have a whole lot to play around with money wise, um, and 
we also, as when we were teenagers, that's when we started seeing uh, the price of comic books start to climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it went from being something that would cost like 75 cents to a dollar or, or what, you know, a, a buck was like what it was for the longest time when we, when we were like kids. Um, but then it started jumping up to a buck 25, buck 50, yep. buck 99, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, when, it's, when I eventually did get a job as a teenager, I mean, you're looking at things being like two bucks, two fifty uh for each issue and it's like i'm working part-time as a 16 year old in you know 1996 1997 <laughs> you know my minimum the minimum wage at that point was like 475 <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't good i i and i i remember the same thing and i'm like all right i want to get like every batman book and i'm gonna get like I don't know, Lady Death and Vampirilla and like all of that. Like, like I was getting like all this stuff. And then by the time I, I go to the comic store, I'm like, I just spent $127 and I made $129. I'm like, yeah, something's got to give, dude. So, yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah. And that's I where my, 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 my love of, of collected volumes uh, started to come into play because it was a lot easier to, to plan for that over the long term than try to pick everything up month to month. Um, I think, you know, there were certain things like as a kid, I really worked my butt off to get convince my dad to buy everything for me. And I really had to stay on top of like the checklist. And that was, uh, you know, death and return of Superman uh, and the uh, age of apocalypse. So, and, and I was on that from, <laughs> I, it's so funny because as a kid who was not, reading x-men regularly you, you know what i mean it just goes to, goes to show you how well they marketed the whole story arc uh, you must I was getting wizard magazine though oh of course like i mean i would go to the store to buy it each yeah. month i was you know, it wasn't i didn't have enough money for a subscription but um yeah no i i was there from like cable 20 on so it was like cable 20 then you had the actual like issues one through four of legion quest leading into the actual age of apocalypse like alpha then every single title then omega and then i finished it up with cable 21 yeah and it's funny too because i was just thinking about this did you have to ever have to go to a different store because they sold out of one of your books so you're looking for like issue three of factor x or something like that you can't get it at this store so you got to call over to another one and be like hey can you set a a factor x number three aside that's happened to me so many times especially like age of apocalypse where it was super my my local comic book store was was pretty awesome but also my local comic book store was less than a mile from my house oh so you were Um, like on it yeah i mean i I, I, like i'm trying i'm trying to see here uh yeah all right let's say let's say this ipad (laughs) is is the main street okay Mm -hmm. so this is this is the the street that my street is off of and that the comic book store is off of it's like it was like literally like here's my street and here's the strip mall that the comic book store was in. Oh wow! Yeah, boom. I it would it was it would take me less than it would take me five minutes to to ride my bike 
from my street to the comic book store. You know, and the the only bitch of it was if I wanted to go to the comic book store when it was shitty outside, yeah. like raining or snowy, because then walking, it was like, oh, God, it's going to take like 20 minutes to and from, you know, like, blah, who's this sucks. <laughs> like 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back just because everything's shitty. Um, but yeah, get on my bike. Boom. Like ride in and sometimes i would just i would brave it anyway and what i would do is i would i would go there i would put um i would i would empty out my backpack from school and i would put uh cardboard in my backpack on like two pieces and then when i get my comic books like on a rainy shitty day mm-hmm. i'd get my comic books and i'd ask the manager can you double bag that for me and he knew exactly what I meant. He would take the comics, put them in the bag the one way, and then take and the bag the other and, way yep. and reverse it, reverse it in so that way there'd be no way it could get wet. And then I'd take the comics and I'd put them in between the two pieces of cardboard and zip up my backpack, throw it on my back, and then ride my, my bike nice. back home. Yep. You know, that way I could make sure that uh they didn't get wet or bent on my on my way too. You know, okay. so do you yeah, have yeah. Uh, do you have our book to pull up so we could reference the amazing stuff? Oh, the the issue that we're going to be doing today. Yeah, the the one I'm quite excited about. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I do have it pulled up. As a matter of fact. Woo! Um, oh shit! Uh, oh damn! Uh, I okay, hold on. I gotta uh, just I gotta I gotta do a thing here. All yeah, right. no worries. There we go. Oh, damn it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll just oh I'll leave that there, I suppose. Uh I don't know what that is. Mm, that's fine. Share screen. I, I just realized there's stuff there was stuff for work on my my address bar thing that uh I don't want shown. Yeah, <laughs> because... yeah don't, don't do that. It's nobody's business where I work. Yay! Woo, look at that. Yeah, look at that flubber fly. Um, what the hell? Can I... Is there any way for me to... This is one of the reasons why I like it when Leo oh, does it. Wait one second. Do you want me to drop that? Drop what? Oh, the icon. Oh, no. Icon's okay. fine. Right. Icon's fine. What what we're looking at, folks, is the cover uh, to "What If Wolverine Was an Agent of Shield." So, yes, Brandon, if... Brandon will introduce everything, and we'll edit all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry, don't worry about that. You know, blah blah blah. What if Volume Two, Number Seven? Wait, Leo's editing. No, it's all staying in. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We'll you guys we'll get have... to hear how the sausage we'll, was made. <laughs> we'll we'll remind Leo that this is a show, and <laughs> <laughs> hey, Leo, remember that show we we would do like. Uh, bi-weekly yeah well we we fucking did it so uh there's that but um yeah we'll we'll get into that in just a second uh it's thankfully this is not a terribly long uh book so no not at all yeah um i i will say it's uh it, it it's it's nice to come back to some of the what if stuff uh I'm we I do think that uh, in the near future we got to start looking at some of the more recent what ifs too. Definitely. Um 
something I, I Miles Morales, you know. I'm so I'm so leery of jumping into anything having to do with volume one of this series. It's so bad. I, I just I, I I and and also I really <laughs> I know this might bug some people and we will probably cover some stuff, especially once it gets closer to when it's going to premiere. But I'm not a big fan of the what if animated series that they've done on uh, on Disney Plus. I think I like two episodes and and the rest like frustrated me. I I really like the T'Challa episode. I like that one a lot. And I'm like, oh, what if Black Panther became Star-Lord? I'm like, all right, that's a pretty fresh concept. I just, my thing is like, it's supposed to be like these limitless possibilities and it feels so limited. They did that intentionally to make it like that because, I mean, they were using the actors, the voice actors, and their zombies was so whack. Oh my God. It's just like, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I was all excited and I, I sat down and they're like, Justin, Justin, are you okay? I'm like son of a bitch <laughs> yeah it, it was definitely was so disappointed super lame yeah um but like I, I just feel like there's so much more that can be done with what if even as an animated series like involving ideas from the mcu and the i think the the biggest part of it is the only connective thread between each one of those things is and should be Uatu, the watcher um and i love his voice uh oh yeah jeffrey, uh, jeffrey Wright. yeah i yeah, I, he's, I thought that, that was spot on oh he was great he he really was his performance was not the issue for me it was yeah. um it was the fact that they did exactly what they were doing with the mcu like why are you weaving this all into one narrative thread let it be an anthology it doesn't need to be all connected like like that's the problem we've seen with the entire of the mcu yeah you know you you when you connect everything then you you make everything so important that nothing is that important you you know i may as i may as well be quoting the movie the incredibles at this point you know like when everybody's special no one is um and and for for me one of the one of the special things about these alternate reality tales is seeing what could be different and having it be fun and tantalizing and even um moralistic you know showing like hey this is this could be a moral tale mm-hmm. um you know showing like hey the the choices you make this that and the other thing um but also they should be, I feel, intriguing and interesting enough to make somebody who might not be familiar with the source of, like, the original tale uh, saying, like, hey, I, I want to know more about this this first thing, you know? If, 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 you know, for example, if you're interested in the whole thing with uh, what if Spider-Man had kept his six arms, the, the issue we covered on an episode, you know, a couple months back, uh, you can go back and check out, you know, Spider-Man, what is it, like 100 through 102 and uh, and find out exactly what went down. I know that's exactly what I did because mm-hmm. I, I was like, what the hell? Like Spider-Man had six arms, giving him like a total of eight limbs, like a spider. And like, oh, this is this is crazy. And 
to find out like oh wow it really like it really happened in the comics and if it weren't for the fact that everyone's favorite character morbius was around <laughs> uh spider-man would have ended up like having to hold on to that mutation and uh you know, it's one of those it's one of those instances too where you see like, oh, Spider-Man working with an enemy who has more knowledge on a certain thing than he does is what enabled him to kind of like get back to where he needed to be without being a quote unquote freak or whatever. Um, you know, and, and that's just like little things that for me, especially like I'm not a I'm not somebody who would gravitate towards Spider-Man books, but reading that what if made me check out a Spider-Man story I otherwise would not have have it wouldn't have been on my radar at all. And that was a volume two one, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, was, I was thinking. I'm like, there's probably there's probably few volume ones we covered. But even with Amalgam, I mean, I was just thinking about what you were saying uh, when I was listening to you about like the tantalizing, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, that's exactly what Speed Demon was for me. Because mm. I, I had never read Speed Demon. I knew all the characters. I knew Johnny Blaze. I knew Danny Ketch. I knew Etrigan. You know, I knew Barry we uh, Barry, Barry Allen. I Wally West. Like all of those guys. So it's like, okay, this is great. And it was both a moral tale and a take of like all this other stuff. And I'm like, that was one of the better ones I think that we read. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee, coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you yeah and you know i think that that's actually kind of at the heart of what what makes certain like makes amalgam worth it uh as as a as an idea is because of the fact that you, you don't always necessarily have to look for the um the similarities between characters you know from from a story standpoint uh, if you can take these disparate elements and weave them together so it, it it creates a wholly new and interesting character but still seems fairly familiar, then mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. uh, and Speed Demon, I think, did that perfectly. And the other side of the coin is finding some of those similar elements, some of those iconic elements, and blending them together. But it doesn't always quite work. You know, I think an example of it working fairly well, like especially conceptually and, and visually, is is uh, Dark Claw mm -hmm. with Wolverine and and Batman. Uh, but then I don't think it works quite as well the way they did it with Super Soldier combining Captain America and Superman. 
Um, I think it's, there's it's more... so funny too because you're 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 exactly right about the character, but it was less about the character than it was about the plot in that one, which was so bizarre because it's like this Silver Age story where it's like it doesn't really matter. Like like he's Superman basically, you know, with a shield. That's yeah. like just just go for it, and and it was like all right, it's still got that really fun energy. Yeah, um, but then with Darklaw, uh, we like going over, we were like, oh, this this is like really cool and atmospheric, but when we we took off the nostalgia goggles. We we're like, this is a little silly. Like some of this just doesn't just doesn't gel. But otherwise, like conceptually, like if somebody were to actually like dedicate the time to flesh this out um, a little bit more and weren't they weren't going for like a one issue gimmicky kind of thing. Exactly. Like, this would be absolutely incredible. Like like the com- combination of, of Batman and Wolverine is one thing. But holy crap, like to combine Sabretooth and the Joker and make Hyena. Yes. That's brilliant. It, and I mean, yeah. like, you look at those characters and you're like, I want to know what that guy's about because I know what the Joker's about and I know what, you know, Sabretooth's about. What's the hyena about, though? Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah. You know? And I think I think one of my my and I haven't read it in a while and we'll get to it eventually. And like I said, we we piecemeal the amalgam stuff because we only have a finite number of those books. I know you're um, waiting for Thorian. Oh, my, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I cannot wait. You are right. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but no, one one of my all time favorites was Assassins. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know who would have thought that combining like Daredevil, Elektra, and Catwoman into like these two female is it, is it Deathstroke or was it? Rose? Oh yeah, Deathstroke. Uh, yeah, Deathstroke, Deathstroke okay. Daredevil, yeah. Elektra, and Catwoman into into these two femme fatale type characters, and then combining kingpin and the riddler into this big villainous character that they called the big question that i mean it it was it was it was effective and uh i I just remember loving it and i was never even like one of those like big like uh for me personally i was never a big like oh ninja dark underground criminal underbelly kind of story kids um, you're, you're hitting me right in in like exactly yeah. what I read. You know? Yeah, no, I, I know, I know. So I'm just saying, like, that, that was never my my bag. Like I, I mean, I I did love Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I for me, like I always, and I can't I can't speak to why Daredevil spoke to me. I I, I honestly don't. Maybe maybe it's because I'm an Irish Catholic kid from Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have easily been that story instead of New York, you know, very yeah. easily. Um, and, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I think I think there's something in a lot of these different comics that is there for everyone to to kind of like relate to. And, um, you know, for me personally, uh, Matt Murdock was like, I don't know as a as a teenager you know preteen going into teens uh i just hadn't really seen too many uh guilt-ridden irish catholic superheroes and um which is very different from like the type of guilt-ridden uh nebishy woody allen-esque type that peter parker had been for years in (laughs) spider-man comic books and um yeah, it was it was it was just really it was really uh, I I just gravitated towards it, and the thing that that hit me hard was you know Frank Miller's Daredevil: The Man Without Fear, 
the fact that yeah, that I, I'm was, in the same boat. I think that was probably the first time as a as a preteen. Uh, you know, and you think, I mean, I'm talking like 11, 12 years old. This is before I was truly aware of, you know, vertigo, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like mature comics were not within my grasp. I, I, I didn't know what these were. Comics were comics. Comics were Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Captain America, the Avengers, JLA. Uh, and then I read Man Without Fear. And I think what a lot of people who who get into comics or have read comics for a long time may tend to forget is that is probably one of those books, regardless of, um, you know, like the dark Knight uh, returns or anything with, by Frank Miller. Uh, When you get to man without fear, that is, that is probably the first superhero comic book I read where the main character, the superhero is not the superhero. Oh yeah. I, I don't even think he dresses as Daredevil until, until like the, the last, last issue. page. Yeah, yeah, the very last page. Um, and that that's not something that occurred to me until much later on. Uh, but that was, I think, the very first time that I read a superhero, a mainstream superhero comic book, uh, and didn't care about them putting on an action suit and going out and just kicking butt left and right and fighting the good fight. It was more about the character. And that's when you start to see like the shift in some of the, the titles, the way I approached reading these things. Um, but it's, it's I, I always did read, read ahead after reading. What if Wolverine was an agent of shield? I read, what if uh, daredevil had killed the Kingpin and oh, it's, Christ. it is based off of that Frank Miller story. Yeah, and it I has, know. it has artwork by Greg Capullo. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's another one later on uh, that um, I think I, I can't remember what number it is, but I'm pretty sure it's volume two. It's like, what if daredevil had killed nuke or something like that? Oh, wow. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, if he killed anybody, it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, like, I, I actually, really be like I kind of, I, I kind of looked and saw that that was one of the next ones, and I was like, oh, I wonder how many Daredevil things I can pull together, and maybe we could do like a, a Daredevil, like, mini event, like next year or something like that. That's that that's for me and you mostly. Cause... Dude, around Easter. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, yeah. we'll do Sister Maggie proud. Uh, and anybody who that anybody who knows Daredevil will absolutely understand that reference. Um, and, and that's that's the thing is like you know, I'm I'm so thankful that I read some of those things uh, early on too, uh, by by Frank Miller because then when Kevin Smith came back and really brought more popularity to the character through the Mar- Marvel Knights uh, imprint at Marvel Comics, uh, the payoff. First of all, it was the most interesting that Mysterio had ever been. Oh or, yeah, or ever will be, or ever will be, one hundred percent. Um, which I love the fact that <laughs> Daredevil has now, in my mind, has now taken two Spider-Man villains and made them far more interesting and more useful than they ever fucking were as Spider-Man villains. That would be the Kingpin. Yep. And Mysterio. I mean, you you could add the Punisher into that too. That is true. That yeah. is true. I mean, yeah. that's I, I you know what? There's probably more on this list to be honest, but I think I think Nuke was 
was a daredevil villain that turned out to be like in the wolverine canon eventually you know like weapon i I had to i had to like i had to like break down nuke a little bit for my wife not too long ago because uh i was like oh you know this isn't the first (laughs) we were i think we were talking a little bit about like general um, hatred (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly yeah we're talking about general hatred we're talking about venture brothers and uh, then i brought up uh jessica jones uh because you know we've been talking about david Tennant. uh my wife uh and i watched doctor who i know you and 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 sarah oh uh, yeah you know also and like we're all probably getting gearing up for the the new david 60th anniversary right yep exactly um, I, I'm also very excited to see Nkushigatwa. Uh, I like him oh, a yeah, lot. Yeah. I, I really do. I think he's incredibly charming and entertaining in uh, the show Sex Education on Netflix. He's a very talented Scottish. Uh, he's what is it? Um, oh my God! I'm 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 he. Oh my God! He's he's from Scotland, but I can't remember where his family is 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 from originally. I I feel terrible uh oh god that's awful <laughs> i can't Ooh, i can't nice. remember nice What's you got that? all the lanterns up there oh yeah the- yeah that's my uh that's that's my google background right there oh what happened here sometimes i tell people i'm a red lantern and sometimes i tell them i'm having an indigo lantern day yeah no one knows I, what i'm talking about <laughs> i know what you mean yeah. yeah this is this has been my background for a while um I'm trying. I'm trying to think though. Like, does it make me a bad person if I identify as a yellow lantern? Uh, I mean, do you feel like you strike great fear into the hearts of people? Shit, constantly. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Then Rwandan. He's his family's from Rwanda. Yeah, Rwandan Scottish, which I I love because. that he's now the third Scottish person to play the doctor mm-hmm. in in Doctor Who, and only one of those three has actually played the doctor as Scottish. Um, would that be Capaldi? Capaldi and yeah. um, David Tennant. Yeah. So, yeah. Could, but it's just it's just it's funny to me well, because Tennant did the English accent, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so. He did the English accent. Um, Capaldi. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he, he made a point of making fun of himself for being Scottish. Like, you're like, Oh, Scottish, look at these attack eyebrows and with this accent. Oh, I can do a lot of complaining. Outside, laddie. <laughs> Boys back. But, uh, Head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, some of that Welsh sugar, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it, it is it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see that but we were we were talking about some of that and uh you know david Tennant and uh nuke and and uh all that and she was like nuke and i was like oh you know you've kind of seen a version of of nuke already with sergeant hatred and she's like what and i was like okay so and i broke down like nuke and then i explained to her sergeant hatred as well uh and she was like oh my god that wow that's like really spot on i'm like yeah yeah that the whole face tattoo thing and you know, they made up the whole, uh, you know, um, essay <laughs> like stuff for uh, the Venture Brothers because that's just how they roll. 
but uh yeah yeah it you know the the difference you know that's why we saw that guy in uh in jessica jones taking those three different types of pills red white and blue is because that guy nuke and she's like oh and i was like yeah and believe it or not i mean i don't know that they'll necessarily tie it in but that's all part of the super soldier project that Captain America and Wolverine were both part of it's weapons plus, which, you know, and, and of course, like I love my wife and she listens to me, but I could start to see like the eyes glaze over a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I know you don't, you don't care. You know, and the, <laughs> like, and the, funny, the funny thing about it is back when, um, and, and this will be all I talked about with Daredevil and we can move on, but like yeah. back with born again, you know, you're, you're going back to the idea of, okay, this is a Captain America style villain nuke Captain America showing up and at that point, Captain America is more than Daredevil can handle. That's not the mm -hmm. case anymore. But like at that point, it was like, yeah, they're tiered list and Daredevil is oh, like yeah. way down. So it's like, oh, I can handle Nuke. Oh, are you sure? Because you can't even handle me. You know, and I took you out with a chaff grenade, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like things have definitely changed in that world. So it might yeah. be worthy to go back and read the, the whole Nuke thing because Nuke yeah. would have been like above his weight class. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so, I, like I said, I'll, I'll pull, I'll, I'll, I'll curate uh, some stuff that we can cover on this show. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like I said, primarily for you and I. <laughs> like we'll, we'll, we'll make Leo like it. Leo's on uh, assignment. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will, I will say, you know, just you know, I'm, I'm kind of bringing it to like Captain America and Shield and stuff. Um, we we can we'll touch on this real quick, and then we can we can jump into uh, our coverage, but uh really interesting to see that uh we finally have gotten some movement on the strikes that have taken place in hollywood with uh sag aftra and the writers guild and what have you uh they've already changed the the name of the captain america movie uh from uh, new world order to brave new world um they're changing dates around left and right i have a feeling we might see that movie get delayed just a little bit more. Do you think that there's, uh, I mean, there's some like rumors going around that there might be something that happens with a show that just ended and pulling in former contracted players that have already passed on in the Marvel world. Do you think that there's any credence to that? I Secret, Secret Wars, perhaps? Don't think so, honestly. I hope not. Let me put it that way. I hope not. Uh, like, let's let's look at history being what it is. Um, remember, Doctor literally Strange? the Flash, like the Flash. <laughs> <of this. laughs> so it's like, like, re remember, remember Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And remember how they're like, oh, multiverse is in the title, and uh, we're gonna see this, that, and the other thing, and this person, and that person, and these people, and uh, then you know we didn't because uh, thankfully. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the people who are making the movie, Sam Raimi and the like, they they were like, oh, hey, you know, the fun part about uh, this movie is uh, it's it's a Doctor Strange movie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's right there at the top of the title, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that means the, the focus actually did stay on the, the main character. Uh, but if you recall all the all the stuff everyone was saying, like, who are we going to see in that movie? Like everybody, mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. was going to come back. We were going to briefly, likely see Chris Evans again. Uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And the closest we got was John Krasinski in a five minute cameo as Reed Richards, which I still personally 
uh, I don't care for. Uh, I like John Krasinski. I, I have nothing against him at all. Uh, I find him to be very affable. Uh, and when he's not playing a bully on The Office, I find him to be very funny. But And that's, once again, my opinion. I don't like The Office very much because I don't like bullies. Uh, but uh, I just don't see him taking that character on long term. And I think the the you know the biggest thing was for a lot of people was uh, hearing uh, a cartoon theme and seeing Patrick Stewart in a floating yellow hover chair, uh, and like that's that. But when you think about everything that everyone was saying was definitely going to happen in that movie, that's literally the same thing we're we're hearing now. It's all the same stuff that we're hearing now about Secret Wars. Like, all these people are going to come back. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to see Robert Downey Jr. come back because it ultimately, that ultimately means the scene where he snaps and sacrifices himself means nothing. It, it, it does a disservice to the work. From from my point of view, it does a disservice to the work that the, Robert The only Downey way they Jr. can make it work is if they literally steal uh material from the booster gold uh comic book that's the only way they can make it work as far as i'm concerned so i'm like look i've seen this done better than you could ever do it oh so, yeah <laughs> yeah like i mean if you want to talk about you want to talk about um time travel and saving people and bringing people back um you know what don't talk don't talk to someone like myself or you who have who have read and loved uh you know booster gold uh and and doctor who episodes because oh, yeah. <laughs> i i will i will fight you i will fight you until i'm blue in the face because the the first thing that's going to come out of my mouth is the term fixed point in time or time locked uh both mean the same thing yep and there's nothing even in, in especially for doctor who uh like I, I i as much as i love that show um nothing will ever be as effective as um booster gold attempting to prevent barbara gordon from being shot by the joker that was the best example in one comic book i've ever seen of a time traveling hero protagonist doing their absolute best to save someone 100% altruistically. He had nothing to gain from that other than saving someone's life, than, than to keep someone from experiencing a tragedy. It literally had no bearing on how he lived his life. And he, he got, he got mollywhopped repeatedly at great length numerous times and the result was always the same that is the same exact thing that we should see and would see play out as far as i'm concerned for tony stark in the mcu he should always be the person that sacrifices himself to save everyone else because that's his character arc he goes from being the most selfish person you've ever seen and not really a hero to being the most selfless hero that the MCU has seen more so 
than Captain America. Yeah. Well, at, yeah. at the end, Captain America finally becomes selfish. It's it's like the opposite because he's like, oh, I'm going to live my life for me. So and it's like, OK, good. You know, it's like you've you've earned it. But, yeah. you know, they had like opposite sort of arcs. Yeah, well, but I, I'd yeah. argue that Iron Man's not that interesting anyway. But oh, yeah, the, I, I agree. You know, I, I mean, agree. like, have we even looked at like Iron Man what ifs? Because, oh, not, like, what is it? Yet. What if he lost the iron, the armor wars? Well, Who cares? Listen, we have yeah. to, we have to remember too that <laughs> Iron Man was not a character that anybody cared about even remotely until these movies started being made. You know, I watched the cartoon on the Marvel Action Hour, so I'll I'll give him that much. But the know? Avengers and Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, these were not like the heavy hitters for Marvel no. at no. all. They made these movies because those were the characters they had the rights to. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people rolled their eyes pretty hard when they announced with pa that Paramount was going to be making an Iron Man movie. Uh, I remember, I remember kind of being like, "Oh well, well, that ought to be interesting." And then hearing that John Favreau was was uh, going to direct it, I was like, "Oh well, he's done right. fine things with elves." <laughs> I, 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 I kind of understand that. I was like, "This dude, hmm, that's interesting." It's like he made that movie as a third to learn about special effects, and I, I do think that is what John Favreau does is. He takes on projects so he can learn more about particular processes and then tries to apply them to his next project. I, th I think that you can see that. Like he did that with Zathura to Iron Man, Iron Man to Cowboys and Aliens, and then from Cowboys and Aliens onto Star Wars. I mean, oh, he directed Zathura? Oh, yeah. He directed Zathura. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That was his first like big budget special effects heavy movie. And then the next one he did, like in the same respect was Iron Man. He had had something under his belt where he could say like, hey, look, I know how to handle this. It's smart. You know, he he pad he pads his resume moving forward each time. But he learns, he 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 absorbs and incorporates into the projects that he does moving forward. That's the right way to do it. You you want to constantly improve. It's evolve or die, right? Well well someone's got to make up for four Christmases, so it may as well be Favreau. <laughs> Uh, we're you all going to talk about like a dark Christmas period in, in cinema. It's like when all of those movies came out and, and you're like, wow, another movie with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. <laughs> so <it's> like... <laughs> oh, cool. Fred Claus. I'm glad that we got yeah. this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. Hit, hit him with a quote from a Vince Vaughn movie. Oh, yeah. What are you thinking? Swingers or? <laughs> no, Fred Claus. Ooh, shit. <laughs> all right, then. Was he in the um, breakup? Probably. Yeah, the breakup. <laughs> <laughs> Swingers, uh, made or the breakup? Fred Claus. Oh fuck. Um, I just like to go back and be like, he was in Lucas, dude. <laughs> he was in Lucas. Oh they were God. both in Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, uncredited, I, I believe, uh, uh, football players. I think. I think John has a line, but uh, yeah. Really? No shit. I I, I haven't watched that movie in a dozen. There's days. really no reason to go back. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was mean it Charlie Sheen or something. You know, like... Charlie Sheen and um, uh, Winona Ryder. From... Yeah, but was it the girl from Goonies? Andy Green. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie Carrie Green. Carrie Green. Carrie Green. Yeah, yeah, she was the she was the one that he like kind of had a, a crush on. But yeah, Winona Ryder was so tiny and adorable in that flick. It was like nerdy little. A little Winona, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but what I was gonna what I was gonna say is, uh, 
tying back into the captain this America. is a classic justin and brandon episode i know right, <laughs> right? uh what i was gonna say though is uh it's really interesting because uh they they've already had to like go back and and change some stuff because they realize like oh maybe new world order isn't the right <laughs> isn't the right title we want to use for this did they so get frank miller to write the title <laughs> so they, yeah, i know right <laughs> Uh, so like, oh, we'll just change it to Bra- uh, Brave New World, which is like, all right. I mean, still naming it after like a dystopian science fiction novel, but okay. Um, but uh, but the thing is, uh, we're we're gonna we're probably gonna see that get delayed a little bit more because, uh, and, and and you know, I I try not I'm not bringing I'm not trying to bring politics into stuff. But uh, it is Disney, and Disney does try to uh, sit on the fence, and reasonably so, because like you don't want to take a side on a lot of different things. I know where I I land on on certain issues, uh, and my opinion is my opinion. I'm not trying to use this show to be a platform for anything else. Uh, but one of the characters in it is. Um, is uh an agent of the IDF and uh that that'd be the uh Israeli Defense Force and that might be a little bit of a hot button issue mm-hmm. uh for them for within the next year or so. Uh you know they, they really gotta you know, dial that back a little bit, which is is crazy because it is pulled like directly from the comic books, the the character. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but, uh, they can't keep delaying too much because I can't stress this enough. Harrison Ford is going to die within the next few years. I'm not saying that to be, I'm not saying that to be uh, fatalist or anything, but the guy is like 81, 82 years old, like for crying out loud, I still can't wrap my head around like, Oh, Hey, the, the guy that played, uh, general Thunderbolt Ross, uh, previously, passed away when he was like 71 from prostate cancer what a nightmare hey don't worry though we've recast him with an 81 year old actor um yep what yeah makes (laughs) sense right (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it just flies in the face of uh i don't know logic (laughs) i just like i can't i can't wrap my head around it in the least bit at least uh, they didn't pick Nicholson. That's all I could say. Well, he's like essentially retired at this point, yeah. anyway. I read, like, I read. We gonna get the fucking Hulk, man. <laughs> <laughs> I read. I read an article about him just like the other day, where somebody was like, "Yeah, you know what? I spoke to Jack, and you know, I was like, oh, hey, this, that, and the other thing.' Like, yeah, he wanted me to be in that movie, and uh, I said, "Nah, I think I'm good." You know what I did the other day? I sat under a tree and I read a book. You know what? Good for you, man. That's that's a yeah. good fucking life. <laughs> like you, you know what? You have like eighty-two acting credits or something to your name. You've won numerous awards. You've been in iconic movies and roles. Like, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah, you got it, buddy. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, what's his name? Like Joe Pesci. All he wants to do now is golf. Go for it, man. Yeah, I mean, he came back for Bupkis. Yeah, you know, which I mean, it, obviously there was something about it you really liked, and uh, the Irishman. So you know, well, you know, whatever. Hey, he was good in that. I, I, I did not like that movie, but I'll give it to Pesci. I'd be like, that understated performance was really good. 
I have I have yet to to watch it. Um, You're good. You're good. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know? <laughs> I know that, buddy. I know. I know, my friend. I am. I am wildly aware. Do you have three and a half hours that you you don't need don't, in your life? You know what? I don't think I do. As a matter yeah. of fact, yeah. this, you know what? Let me. One hundred percent. Like one hundred percent honest here. I uh I've been watching Gilmore Girls for the first time. <laughs> I've been I've been watching that because I really like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Uh, and the Gilmore Girls was created by Amy Sherman Palladino uh, alongside, you know, and and produced by her husband Daniel Palladino. Um and, you know, they they also did the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I honestly have to say it's really interesting for me to have watched mrs mazel first and to go back and watch gilmore girls having never really watched it at all when it was on wb and cw my sister uh siobhan who's uh a few just a few years younger than me i think she would watch it occasionally uh and i would catch like a snippet here and there but you know i, I was like i was like 18 19 years old when i came out like a, a straight white guy i'm like i i have no time for this <laughs> you know like i'm i'm good uh, and then I, um, I was like, you know, fuck it. Let, I, I just kind of want, I just want to check it out. I like Lauren Graham. Um, I really enjoyed her on Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Uh, I had no idea that she was such a, a talented, uh, performer. I, I did not know that she was on Broadway for, for yeah, <laughs> I, I've actually never seen bad Santa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bad Santa's great. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, I think I think it's way better than Four Christmases and Fred Claus. Yeah, I, you know, for me, man, Bad Santa. I think part of it, what it, what it was, was I. So many people told me that I needed to see it. That I dug in my heels. I was like, "Fuck you! I don't. I, I know what I need to see. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's I just, just I just love that it had the same kid in it from Trick or Treat. And, you know, and there's like stuff like that, like the which uh, which kid from Trick or Treat, the pumpkin carving kid. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's oh, no. there's some fun stuff about it, like Tony Cox is in it. So it's it's like you know if if you go back and and you're like, oh wow, this is this is pretty crazy. And uh, yeah. uh, the the voice I can't think of her name. I think it's Lauren something, but uh, the voice of Amy from uh, Futurama plays his wife. Oh, Lauren Tom. Lauren Tom. Yeah, like so yeah. she's so it's like <laughs> it hit like in that era where I'm like I like a lot of these people. So yeah, well, yeah. It, it was it's just it's it's been crazy because like I said, we watched Mrs. Maisel, marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. And uh, we switched. We flipped to Netflix to watch Gilmore Girls. We're now like a little bit more than halfway through the second season. There's like seven seasons seasons yeah. in total that were on WBCW, and then like one mini series season, which like, technically is eight, uh, that was made specifically for Netflix. Yeah, uh, I had no idea that. And and I love when when creators do this. I really do for the most part. Uh, so many of the people that were in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel were in Gilmore Girls. They reused a lot of the same actors, and I found out that Alex Borstein from you know Family Guy, Mad TV, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Have you seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Oh yeah, yep. Okay, um, so you know she plays. Uh, is it Lou? No, oh my god. No, what, what's the name? It is like a. It is. It is like a. Um, sort of non-binary nickname um 
but yeah, yeah she, she's great at Maisel. Oh yeah, she's great. She was originally cast as Sookie, Melissa McCarthy's character in Gilmore Girls. And they actually had her show up in the first few episodes as the harp player of the inn that Lauren Graham's character works in. Uh, and Alex Borstein's husband at the time, like they were married for like 18 or 19 years. They got divorced just a few years ago. Um, he ends up playing the romantic interest slash boyfriend of Melissa McCarthy's character, who was originally to be played by Alex Borstein in Gilmore Girls. Uh, so clearly, like they liked her and they wanted to they wanted to work with her. So they made sure that they got her in for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, Milo Ventilamiglia. Um, Peter Petrelli. Yeah, Peter Petrelli. That's <laughs> like, the easiest way. I, yeah. yeah, every single time. There's like, no other role where one you're of the Petrelli, one of one out of the Petrelli brothers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I that's how I think of him too because that was my first exposure to him was was Heroes. Um, he was he I get he was on Gilmore Girls for like several seasons. He shows up briefly in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, uh, the uh, the guy that works at the nightclub with Alex Borstein, uh, like the Italian guy, he eventually ends up like sharing her apartment with her and then passes away. He was also in Gilmore Girls. Sean Gunn shows up, yep. so on and so forth. The recurring like, character, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, what the. F-? Like it's just uh it, it's just it, it it's been crazy um and you know just uh just, that's that's what I've been doing and that and like watching Loki uh which which finished up this week I liked it I uh, yeah liked- I I enjoyed it do you, I, I think you know without getting too deep into the weeds do you think that uh Ki Ki Kwan um you think that he's gonna be up for some sort of Emmy award for what he did. Because I mean, what a standout performance! I, I mean, I think he did well. Uh, I think he did well for what he was given. I, I honestly think he was better. <laughs> I mean, this is neither here nor there. It's not. I mean, it's not the only show he was in over the past year. Oh, especially for he was on another show, American Born Chinese. Oh, I didn't watch that yet. It's really good. Okay. I think he was better in American Born Chinese than he was in Loki. Oh, I will check that out then. Okay. He he was given far more to do. I think it hits a little closer to home. American Born Chinese is like supernatural, actiony, crouching tiger, hidden dragon esque. Yeah, is it Michelle Yeoh in that as well? Yep, she is. Yeah, so she I is. yeah, I was gonna watch that. I just didn't, um, but his I forgot about his, it actually. <laughs> his character in American Born Chinese, um, he uh, he. He plays somebody who was on a sitcom in the like early '90s, mid late '80s, early '90s, or something, uh, and it was sort of sort of a racist archetype character on a sitcom. Uh, and now there's like a resurgence of interest in like bringing that sitcom back, much like we see in a lot of different networks now. Um, and the the character just like it really it really sits you know it hits close to home especially because it parallels sort of the the renewed interest in ki hui kwan as a performer um so you sort of see like that similarity in the character he's portraying and what he's sort of been going through himself with this like renaissance in his career uh yeah i i just think there was there was as brief as it was 
it's it's you know he's probably in Loki a you know a little bit more, but I think that his role in American Born Chinese is more effective. Cool. Um, I will say his name and the the idea of his name in Loki really ties into everything that we see throughout the entirety of that series when you consider what the first episode was entitled and what the last epi- episode was entitled. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that at all. Oh, oh um, yeah. There's. We'll have to have another talk about this. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, we we'll, can go we'll get into this. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into this. But I, I just yeah. will say it's, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it to note. And this is not a spoiler. For anybody that that could be listening right this now, will be out. Seen oh it. no, this will probably be out. Okay, this. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some people might be a week or so behind, you know. Yep. But uh, the very first episode of Loki season one is entitled "Glorious Purpose." The final episode in season two of Loki is entitled "Glorious Purpose," and I would recommend if you're not quite sure, looking up. Ouroboros, like looking up the word Ouroboros, see what it is. And then you might kind of figure out what it was they were getting at the entirety of the time. My wife just woke up. No, they have not eaten. They refuse <laughs> they refused to eat until mama was out of bed. So the, the fur the fur babies were both curled up on the couch in the chair in the other room, sunbathing themselves. They they tend not to like to eat until everybody is awake, which is the weirdest dog behavior I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, uh, any, good. anyway, that's enough about Argo and Otisburg. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would recommend, I would rec- recommend checking out uh, Ouroboros, like the, the definition of it and paying special attention to the uh, titles of season one, episode one and season two, episode six or whatever it is, the final episode. Uh, and with that being said, we will get into what we came here to talk about. Oof. All right. So there's that. 